to see each and every one this morning. Slowly our numbers are growing and we're gathering back together and we sure appreciate that. And the Lord is healing our people and doing a mighty work in our midst. And Brother Steve Revis, it's really good to see you. Praise God. God bless you. It's amazing. March 2020. January 2022, that's that's way too long. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's sing together. Kneel at the cross, Christ will meet you there. Kneel at the cross, number, let me see what the number is here. 622. I guess I threw Brother Ben a curve right off the bat. <laughs> Amen. Verse 1. <clears throat> Kneel at the cross, oh Christ will meet you there, come while he waits for you, listen to his voice, leave with him your care and begin life. Boundless ocean where mighty billows roll. Fix my hope in Jesus, let's enter up my soul. When trials fears to save me and storms are gathering over, I rest upon him.
hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. We worship you, O God. You are marvelous in our eyes, O God. Wonderful Savior, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, O God. We come to you this morning. Fall down at your feet, O God, and worship you and praise you and magnify you, O God. Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, you are so faithful, Lord. Oh God, you're so wonderful to us, Lord. Blessed Savior, the anchor that holds in our lives, O God. The haven of rest, the shelter in the time of storm, the weird rock in a weary land, the healer of our sicknesses and diseases, O oh God, the Savior of our souls, Father. You are all in all to us, O oh God. Oh, blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe we can sing that song together and just in this atmosphere of worship. All my life you have been faithful. Hallelujah. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good.
good to praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior. Amen. We have a testimony this morning from our brother George Oyatola here. He just wants to thank the Lord for healing his body and his spirit. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're so faithful, Lord. And we just want to remember our sister uh, Debbie Gagne in prayer. She's uh, not well. She's very sick and not able to sleep in the night. So we just want to remember our sister in prayer and ask that God would touch her. The brothers come forward this morning. Amen. Brother Alex, Lardelia, could I ask you to come up and lead us in prayer? Hallelujah. Thank God. Bless you, Brother Alex. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful privilege that we have to come here this morning. Looking forward to be fed this morning, Lord Jesus, with your wonderful word, Lord. You never fail, Lord Jesus. Your word can never fail, Lord Jesus. So pray that you help us to have faith and as we hear the word to open up our hearts and receive it, Lord Jesus, and speak it, confess it, and leave it out, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all the word we've been hearing. It's been sustaining us, Lord, during this time. We thank you, Lord. Truly, Lord, your word, you've sent your word if you heal your people. We ask you, Lord, to take your minister now and take him in the palm of your hand and and speak through his lips, Lord Jesus, what we have needed. Minister to every need, O Lamb of God. Spiritual, physical, financial. You are our God. We look to you, Lord Jesus. You are our God. And we love you, Lord. Have your way this morning. Have the preeminence. And those that this request, Lord, I don't remember them, but I pray, Lord, that you reach out to them, Lord Jesus. You are faithful and true. We love you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats this morning. just want to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those that are gathered here together and with us online, brothers and sisters in the stateside, we just want to wish you all a very wonderful God's blessing this morning. Amen. We have a trio that's going to be singing this morning. I invite them to come and get ready. And um, while they're coming, maybe we can just sing this song. I've got my mind made up. I've got my heart fixed right. I'm going with Jesus all the way. Amen. Is anybody going with me? Hallelujah. You going to help me? I've got my mind made up. I've got my heart fixed right. I'm going with Jesus all the way.
Praise the Lord. Wonderful song. Thank you, sisters. Appreciate that. I was just thinking while they were singing, and the cry of our heart is to love Him more. And I was thinking about the the two disciples that were walking to Emmaus, and no doubt they loved the Lord Jesus with all their hearts, and they were so in a turmoil about what had just happened. And But after Jesus revealed Himself, they loved Him even more. Amen. Amen. I just pray that God will reveal Himself to us this morning. That we can love Him even more. Amen. Let's sing that song, Oh, What a Friend Who Walks Beside Me. Brother Murphy will come and minister to us. We'll just invite him to come. And... Oh, what a friend. So good to see every one of you, and I uh, just pray the Lord to bless us uh, with his, his words, uh, we have a singing, and uh, we have a worship to him. I trust that the Lord will come to meet every need this morning. Uh, let's just um, turn to the scripture right away, book of Psalm. Let's turn to um, uh, book of Psalm 23. This is uh, probably one of the most uh, familiar scripture uh, that we have. We've been uh, quoting this uh uh, all through our life, uh, and I trust that the Lord will use this as word to make it a bit more, become a more reality to us. Psalm 23. 
Maybe we can just uh, all read it together. It was just so familiar. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in grim pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest at a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's bow our head. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a comforting word that this is. Lord, uh, whenever you speak, Lord, uh, the word is always strengthened us. Lord, sometimes even we just are reading the scripture, just by reading of it, we can feel that the surge of the strength of God start to come in close to us. Lord, we give you all the thanks and all the glory to shine the lights in this darkest hour. Lord, to give it the strength when we're weak. Lord, to anoint it at us when we need the most in this time, Lord. Lord, we ask you to use your word to speak to our heart and to comfort your children and to deliver to the people that need to be delivered, that to heal the people that are sick. Because, Lord, we know your word is coming in demonstration. It's not just the word that had come to tingling in our ear. But, Lord, that this word is a person. This word is a life. This word can come into the person and can completely transform them. Oh God, how we need that a transforming power that's going to be surged in us, Lord. How we need that the word of God that keeping us and protecting us that it is a time of evil. Father, we thank you, Lord. We know the coming of the Lord has never been so close to us. Lord, our hearts was looking forward for that moment as we prepare in ourselves. Father, we give you thanks and glory. I ask you to speak to us and meet the need of your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, glad to see the people uh, start to uh, coming back to the uh, the service. Um, I know that uh, quite a few people was uh, got sick during this time. Uh, but we know God is our healer. And the small diseases or big diseases, uh, God can all heal. It doesn't matter. He, I'm so glad He said, abide His stripes that we were healed. He never even mentioned the name of the sickness. It just, uh, He included everything just in one package. He said, no matter what your need is, uh, in that package, I got everything for you. And good for, good to see the people. Uh, from the states that are across the border and come to uh, uh, be with us. Uh, we just pray the Lord that uh, bless you and that all the people uh, that are on the camera and looking, uh, uh, streaming into the service here that cannot have made it across, we just pray the same presence of a God here and to go to uh, them as well. And I would like to speak at a, uh, the title, Thou Prepares to the Table uh, Before Me. And... Um, uh, actually, I was just, uh, just the same 
uh, to continue on from the, the last uh, time when I was ministering here, compelling them to uh, come in. I trust that God gave us the, the message in this hour that it will compel us to come in. But when God compelled us to come in, He's not only just uh, uh, reaching it out to, to give you an invitation, He also gives you the, the power that has driven us and to take us to His Word and to the feasting along that. And I think that the God gave us this uh, Word in this is hour. He prepared the, the, the table for us so that we can eat, so that we can believe, so that we can get a strength. You know, in this, uh, uh, in this uh, time of... Uh, uh, we'll see that uh, uh, in this uh, earthly realm, uh, Satan also has prepared the, the banquet for his own people. And if I could just say that he prepared the, the table for the, the people that are on this earth. But we're eating from another table. And we cannot eat from the, the devil's table and also eat from God's table. Because you know, that just doesn't work. You cannot partake, be a partaker of the evil and be a partaker of the God's table at the same time. You have to feeding on just from one table. If you're feeding from that other table, uh, from the Satan's table, you're not feeding on the Word of God. But if you do feeding on the Word of God, all the rest of the things, the, what the devil, whatever he throws it before you, you push it to the side. You have the power to do so. And we find that in this hour, and that everything become uh, more pressure to um, uh, for the believers to... Um, uh, to eating that from the, the ta- Satan's table. If we can call it that eating from the, the tree of the knowledge. The tree of the good and the evil. The devil, he always uh, prepared the, the, the table. Looks as a very fancy. Looks as the things uh, seemingly it was as very good. But when you eat it, you're going to pay for it. And he has uh, put a more pressure and to force you to do it. Like in the, the book of Daniel. And when then uh, those uh, Hebrew children... And when they are uh, standing for the God's word, and and uh, Daniel, and also uh, they will not that uh, the food that that in the Babylonian kingdom to uh, defile them. And uh, you know when you decided to do something for the word of God, deciding to do things standing for God, you expect that there was always a resistance there. And uh, so when they are trying to, they are saying that we're not going to be eating this uh, king's food, we're not going to be defiled or abide, then the pressure started to come on them. But they're only, they said we're eating, only just give us uh, the vegetables or the things that, that we are uh, used to eat. You know, for the believer, that's the same thing. And no matter how fancy the world has been offered, no matter how the Satan is trying to offer it as a food to us, but there is only one diet for the believer to have. That is the word in this hour. The vindicated word in this hour. That's the table that we need to be feasting from. And uh, then uh, later they said the, the pressure starts to come and then for the Hebrew children and they asked them, uh, said to the, the people, when you hear the, the slaughter, if you hear the, the music and everything, if you don't bow, you will be uh, thrown into uh, the, the furnace. And the furnace will be uh, uh, headed up. I think Brother Michael uh, used the word head. Uh, had that up for seven times, and that even the people don't listen to. You see, that's a, when, uh, when a pressure comes, those are Hebrew children, uh, just, 
Uh, they're, they're standing for the word. They're standing for God. I said, we're not going to bow. I said, we're not going to uh, hear to what is the king that has the method of the commandment. But we're going to believe the word of God to set it to be the truth. And when he's standing on the word, and then the, the pressure started to get on them. You're thinking about that they said that the music when it started and the, the hundreds of thousands of the people that's there, uh, they must be all have to fall down before this uh, lifeless image. You know, that's the Satan that it tried to do in this hour. He wants you to bow to that lifeless image. He wants you to bow to the formality, to the dead religion. But the believers are standing firm for what is God has given to us. This word has a life in it. That's what we're standing for. We're not standing for just going to the church. Not just standing for just filled us with a, of the tinkling the feeling and just making us feel better. This word is not supposed to make us feel better. But this word is coming to change in our life. To standing when everybody has been bowed down. You know, when everybody's standing, you're not stuck at it out. But when the music started, when the commandments of the king started to give in and out, everybody started to bow. Then the Hebrew children become standing it out. When everybody's standing there, there's no pressure. When everybody said, I believe, when everybody said, you know, oh, hurrah, and the shout and the screaming, and that we're doing fine, and we're believing the word of a God, but when the pressure of the world started coming, when the pressure of Satan started turning it on, when you saw one bow, another bow, the third, fourth, hundreds, thousands, when everybody besides you started bowing down, that pressure, can we imagine how much pressure to the believer? The pressure it is not when everything was going to okay. The pressure become headed up seven times when everybody starts to leaving the message. When the people start to bow, when the people start to compromise, when the people that are used to never let it in, they start to let it in. When the people that are reading the things that they were never going to read, even thinking about it to read, but now the compromise started reading it, that pressure start to come on you. When everybody is standing, there's no pressure. When everybody is a Christian, there's no pressure. When everybody is patting on your back, there's no pressure. But when everybody bowing to the world, when everybody bowing to the cold, to the lukewarmness, to the formality, to the dead religion, then it end up and become just a religion. Only the believers standing up. They always do, they will always do. They just do what they always believe. They're just standing there. They never bow. They never uh, compromise on what is the God said. That will give them the pressure. And that's for the pressure for the believer in this hour too. It's the pressure to give in. It's the pressure start to surrender to the world. It's a pressure when everybody else started going. Not everybody, uh, please understand. I'm not saying that, uh, that everybody, I'm just saying that the pressure that in this world, that the pressure, even of the believer start to the creeping in to their home, start to creeping in in their life. Things start to happen. Then the things that are standing for them on start to getting shaking. That put a pressure on the believer. 
We have to be very watchful, very careful what are we feeding on. What things that we're eating. What things that we're allowed to come into our life. Because one day you're going to pay for it. And in the Proverb 23, it said, When thou sittest to eat with the ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. It said, And put a knife to thy throat. If thou be a man given to appetite. I know that they had a natural meaning of it. But let's talk about a spiritual meaning of this, uh, of this scripture. We have to be careful when, the, when we start to do the eating. You must consider diligently what is before thee. You must consider diligently what are you desiring for. What you're spending time on. What are you eating? What are you thinking? What do you allow things to be coming through your spiritual appetite? And the, the, the word is said to consider diligently. That means that there's a trap around. There's a poison around. There's an evil eye that's beside you, around you, constantly try to trapping you. Constantly try to trapping you, young people. Constantly try to trapping you, young boys. The things that you're watching, the things that you're thinking, they will have to be considered diligently. What is the put before you? And it said that to put a knife to that throat. If you are a man giving to appetite, if you are a man that is easily giving to passion, you gotta put a knife on it. If you're not a man easily to give it in, to surrender, you gotta put a knife on it. If your appetite for the world, if your appetite for the lust, if your appetite for the movie and this and all different kinds of things, you must have put a knife on your throat. Be very careful about your desire. Make sure your desire is only for Him. And put a knife to your throat. When you feel your desire to the world start to pulling you away. When the money start to pulling you away. When the popularity start to pulling you away. When a certain relationship start to pulling you away. And you're thinking about it in this world that the Satan, his evil eyes has been around the believer constantly and try to trap them. And you look at the media, the news, and everything you look at, you will find out that they all try to trap the believer. That's why we need to be considered diligently what is before us. To make sure to understand what is my desire. What is the, that I am along this world, I'm pursuing. Because anything, if you try to get from the world, if it's not for the purpose of a God, sooner or later, you're going to vomit it out. I get it later, I'll give you the scripture for it. That's why the Bible says that in the first Corinthians 10, 21, it says that you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devil. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of, of the devil. 
You have to be feeding on some table. Who prepared that table for you? It's not just sort of what table I'm feasting on. Should I feast on this news? Should I hearing about this? Or should I ask who prepared that table? If it's not God prepared the table, some evil eyes is there try to trap you in. It's not that the food, does that food is good? Does this spiritual food it is nice? I tasted it. Is that a nice? Is that a, what I'm trying to do? No. Who prepared that table? Find the source. Find where they're coming from. Whatever things that are coming from, consider diligently. Where are they coming from? Is it coming from the rightful source? Or is it coming from a questionable source? When God gave you something, it always pull you back to Him. When God gave you certain things, always for His kingdom. And then in the proverb 23, to continue on, said, Be not desires of his dainties, for they are deceit, deceitful meat. Talk about a deceitful meat. One day, uh, one time when I was in China, and uh, we went to a certain restaurant, the, the, the one of them, uh, my friend said, uh, I think Brother Kim was, uh, uh, was there when we were the students. And we take, uh, so we try to take the students over there. And then the, 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 the friend told me, said, this restaurant is vegan. Is that a word? Huh? Vegan, huh? Okay. <laughs> that means no meat. So he said that everything in this restaurant was made from, um, uh, uh, not not only vegetable, but just vegan. I mean, I, I just a lack of word for it. But just made from uh, uh, vegan. So, so everything, I thought everything. I mean, how can you vegan vegan? You know, how can you, I mean, how many uh, spinach you gonna eat? How many uh, salad you gonna eat? I mean, but uh, <laughs> will like it. And so we went in there. I look at an Emmanuel, and an Emmanuel said, uh, sweet and sour pork. I said, no, I'm just, I'm just naming it. And, uh, this, uh, they said, uh, ginger beef. I said, this is not a vegan. But when they put it up, they actually use, uh, uh, tofu or, or beans or vegetable. They make it so much like a beef. They look like a beef. They taste like a beef. They smell like a beef. Everything looked like a beef. I said, that is amazing deceitful food. <laughs> and then they put on, they put on a pork. And I said, that's incredible. They put a fish on, look exactly like a fish, even smell like a fish. And there was such masterfully made to the food. Everything is vegan. And then, and then when you, uh, the, the reason is because you know there are they're Buddhist. The there are Buddhist people in China. They they only eat um, uh, vegetables or you know uh, just just no meat. They just have to eat uh, all those type of uh, uh, the food. But they desire for some meat, <laughs> but they can't eat it. 
So they must have faked it. So make it taste like a meat, smell like a meat, look like a meat. Then they said, hey, I eat meat. And it doesn't affect my religion either. It doesn't offend my religion either. I can eat anything, just smell, taste, and everything. Satisfy my taste, but do nothing to you. It doesn't affect your conscience. Isn't that the religion has become like that? They make it everything taste like a religion, smell like a Christian, look like a Christian, but there's no substance in there. Isn't that what is the denomination trying to offer to the people? They smell like a Christian. They look like a Christian. Their doctrine is to look like a Christian. Has the formality of a Christian. But there's no beef in there. There's no meat in there. It can't transform people's lives. It can't change the people's nature. It can't take them to the rapture. That's a deceitful meat. The Satan has offered to this hour. Don't let a believer fall into that. Taste like a believer. Smell like a believer. Look like a believer. But there's no substance in there. Where is that changed the life? Where is that changed the nature? Where is that dedication? Where is that passion? If you eat a word, the word is supposed to give you that. If you eat the word, the word will make you sacrifice everything. Because you're feeding on the real word of a God. You're feeding on that table. You're not feeding on the vacant table. It got a real meat in it in there. It got the blood in there. It got a life for that in there. When you are facing temptation, there's a power to resist to that. When devil come like a roaring eye, then you raise up standard to against that. When you saw Satan start to come into your home, then you high priest and raise it up like a real man of a God. So Satan, that's for no further. But not desires. Of his dainties. For their deceitful meat. You have the discernment. You know what that means. You know what is the real substance. You know who prepared a table for you. Labor and order to be rich. Seize from thy own wisdom. Without set thy eyes upon. That which is not. For riches certainly make of themselves a wind that fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Eat thou now the bread of him that has an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty meat. Know the meat might taste good. But swollen down right. Tastes like it. Tastes like a believer, as I said. Tastes like a message, same sound. And I had the formality of it, but there was an evil eye somewhere. He said, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but his heart 
is not easy. When Satan prepared his table, that evil eyes is behind. No matter if it's your job, and no matter is your relationship, and no matter whatever things that are trying to hold you back, there is the evil eyes behind. Though the food might seem a dainty, though the money maybe they're getting rising up in your account. Maybe you got a certain popularity that in the you know a certain rank in a ram, but his heart is not wheezy. Consider diligently what is prepared before you. That is said that the morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet word. I think this is a behoof to us to take in consideration what. Who prepared this? What is it in front of us? And make sure that the ability, that the gift that the Lord had given to us is just used for Him. But God prepared us as a table. It's not that a vacant meat. It's not a deceitful food. It's not that a follow the cunningly devised the fable. But we have the more sure word of a prophecy. That's what is the God who gave it to us. When you're eating the table from a God, don't put a knife on your throat. You can eat just with all your heart and into it. Because He's not going to restrict you. He's not going to limit you. He was to put in everything that He had put on a table just for you. But you see that sometimes we're warning people. We're telling the other people, don't go that road. We're telling our children, we're telling our young people, do the right thing, and it will always come out all right. If you do the wrong thing, though the will tarry, though the wills just go long or going long, but sooner or later, you have to rape from Because what you sow, that's what you rape. But you sometimes you find out that what you have said, you've been warning to them, but without the revelation, they will go to that road. No matter how you try to warn them, no matter how you try to reach them in uh, 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 reach them in the uh, good lay, reach them in the right atmosphere. But if you don't have the revelation, and sooner or later, they'll go to the different road. Then we ask another question, what good about it? What good about it to warn them? What good about it just to say, just... Uh, just constantly teaching them, constantly just a uh, admin. Uh, I just cannot know that word. Ad, ad, admonition or whatever that word. Just try to do everything you can. But what what good for that? What benefit of it? And it's still going to the road. And you're asking yourself another question: What good to live a life? What good to live a life as an example? What good to live a life that you sacrifice and do everything you can? You don't, you, uh, the things that you don't allow that to come to your life, to live a holy life, live a sanctitative life before your children, before your loved ones, and you saw them still going to the direction they were going. Sometimes we feel discouraged about it. We're thinking about what used to work. We're used to to preach hard. We used to sometimes almost you take the hide out of the people. Then it is not that the people crying, you crying. You're going home and then on the pillow. Why did I say that? 
Why did I do that? What I good to do? Still see that the people go in the direction that they're going. You feel there's no benefit of it. Instead of making friends, you're actually making an enemy. When you're standing for the word of God. Let me tell you what the benefit of it. The benefit in the first Timothy is that, that he said, you keeping continually that in the teaching, in the doctrine of the God's word. It will save you and it will save them that hear it. You said, but they're not hearing it. Doesn't the dry bone come to the point it's so dry? But it doesn't the Lord commanded the prophet Ezekiel said, prophesy. Even there as dry as it can be, come to the bone, there's no year left. But said, still prophesy. Because there's still hearing ability in there. Though the ear doesn't hear it, but their soul will hear it. When you were young, do you like your mom's cooking? Maybe your mom's not a good cook. When I was young, I hate my mom's cooking. I was very picky. I can't drink milk. If I drink, I throw it up. I can't drink meat. I'm a totally vegan, actually. <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs> if I eat any meat, I throw it up. I can't eat egg. If I eat egg, I throw it up. I'm just a throw up a person. No meat and no egg and no nothing. Only a little bit of vegetable, some rice with a sauce sauce. That's all my diet. I just cannot handle food. I don't know why. I guess that's why I'm... Anyway. Uh... <laughs> so when I was a little a little boy, I hated my mom's cooking. I just don't like the food. And I was just dreaming, oh, when can I have an instant noodle? <laughs> I just love instant noodles. That's the only thing. I My mom give me the lunchbox. I take my lunchbox to the school. I exchange to the instant noodle. Oh my, I, I made so many friends because of this. My goodness, your mom cook your good. Gotta pack you all this kind of, and I just, I just eat that instant noodle because I was a boy. But when I start to grow up, is this okay? I'm not trying to teach you a foot lesson, but. <laughs> but when I grow up, it seems like gradually the taste the memory that a mom has a training me, though I don't want to eat it, but it forced me to eat. It seems like I start to remember the taste, the food that a mom usually cook. And when I come to a certain age, I'm missing, I'm longing for my mom's cook. And all the food that I don't like to eat, it seems like it's all coming back to me. And I, I, I don't even know why. But you know, as you grow, you grow out of your instant noodle taste. You start to like something that has more substance. And we're thinking, what good to live a life? That's the benefit to live a life. Sooner or later, their taste will come back. Sooner or later, their memory will come back. Sooner or later, even the people don't believe what you have said. Said you are this, say you are that, but you keep living alive. You keep trending the taste. 
You do everything you can to believe in the word of a God. Though at that time it doesn't seem to have any benefit, but sooner or later they will come back to the word of a God. But they have to have their own experience. The reason they cannot have that, because they never taste and see that Lord is good. But by the preaching of the word, by you live a life that are worthy for the gospel. And that taste was always there. As time goes by, they will start to come back to what they have a belief. So what you have a belief. And then in Matthew 5, 6, it said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's God wants us to have. For they shall be filled. Is God has to create a, a desire that it in that a person so that he can hunger and thirsty after the righteousness. You said that my loved one that it never thirsted after that. You never know. You just live that life. That thing is built in them. And we want to eat from the, the table of the Lord. Hunger and thirst after His righteousness. Not our righteousness. He becomes sin for us. So that we can become His righteousness. It's not trying to put a knife that are on there. He's not trying to restrict it to that. Nor to never put a knife on that. He wants you to eat. He wants you to do the drink. And fully. God. He will prepare a table for us. Well the Satan was a pressure on you. That, a, that a, the, the, uh, the table that he prayed. Uh, he prepared it for the world. He wants you to eat it at the two. But God has a prepared it at a table. When God prepared it at a table, He gave it out in an invitation. And He also compelled us to come to this table. It's not a God of lesser than the pressure, but increased the pressure. And He asked you to come to my table. The table that I have prepared it for you. By the prophet in this hour, by the Holy Spirit, anointed in the word, he prepared at a table for us. And when he prepared at a table, and as I was saying the last time, he compelling them to come in to this table. And you remember that a woman, that uh, the woman of the Canaan, that one, she was, uh, her daughter was a vaxxed, and a sick, and about, about a devil, and she come to uh, the, the disciples, and they try to bugging it on them, and then even the disciples come to the point, and says, the Lord just sent them away, sent her away, and the Lord said to uh, this woman, said it's not uh, fit to, to give the, uh, the food of the children, the, the bread of the children, and to cast it into the dog, but watch what is this woman said, this woman said, yeah, the dogs eat of the crumb which fall from their master's table. And I didn't know Brother Tim and his brother the beautiful It says that I, that means, Lord, though I'm a dog, I'm a your dog. But you look at it also. He said that a dog 
eat of the crumb which fall from their master's table. That's the woman said, I don't want anything else, Lord. I just want to eat the crumb. But I wanted the crumb coming from the master's table. I don't care how big it is. Lord, give me the crumb. But at least let me have the crumb from the master's table. Because I know even just a crumb, even just a crumb, Brother Samuel, even just a crumb, but as long as it drop from the master's table, he will heal my children. It compel something that forced her. She doesn't even know why. She didn't go to other table because they are not her master. He didn't go on her table, though there's a dentist in there, but only this table. No matter how small that crumb is, but it will save my children. He will bring me to the body change. He will deliver me. Even a crumb. But as long as it's coming from the master's table. Which table you're feeding from? You said, I got a difficulty. It seems like a monstrous, insurpassable mountain. Feed from the master's table. Amen. Sister Julia. Feed from the master's table. He said, but it's just a crumb. Still the word of a God. Still the word of a God. The crumb dropped from the master's table is a million miles better than the dainty of Satan's table. He got an evil eye. But this one, he said, my eyes will guide you. The Bible we just read is in Psalm 23. says, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He has prepared a table. That's the most unthinkable thing to do. Can you imagine on the horizon there starts a dust that starts coming up. Then you hear the galloping of the horsemen. You start to hear the roaring of the chariots. And then you start to sing the flag. You start to sing the standard. You start to sing the shiny armor. And you hear the standing, the, the whole horizon was filled with the army. Thousands, millions of those of the army. And the dust darkened the sky. And then it started to the, coming toward the little hill. And then it besieged it surrounded. And as those horsemen was galloping and the soldier was crying, and a screaming, and it was the roaring of the war cry. And they come up to the little hill. Because they know their enemies there. They know they want to captivate him. And then when they come to the little hill, they're stung. There's one person there. And sitting behind a table. That's what he meant. Thou prepared a table 
before me in the presence of the enemies. As long as you're feeding on that table, no matter how many Satan, how many devil that is around that, you can just quietly start to do eating from this table. That table will feed you. That table was prepared by God. That word in this hour that God prepared. He didn't prepare you a sword. He didn't prepare you a weapon. He prepared you a table. Before you. And in the presence of the enemy. What is that table? Is that Jesus said unto them. John 6.32 Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses give you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of a God is He which cometh down from heaven and giveth a life unto the world. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bride of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. He is that table. He is that bread. He is that life bread that is sitting under the table. Whoever believes on him, they will never be shamed. And thinking about how the preparation that God has prepared this table for us. Whenever you go to a certain place to have a feast, the table must be spread. The table has to be decorated. They have to set it up, put a dish and put a plate and everything down there. But what if you go to the table, there's nothing on there. There's no food on there. That is not at the table. The food, the, the, the table that God prepared to us. He gave us the heavenly bread is on that table. God don't care about the decoration of the table. God don't care about what plate He put it on. He doesn't care about what brand of your Cloverdale Bible with us. How decorated, how nice it is, everybody sitting, how the pewter is a plush. He cared about the one thing. What is the food? Because that's the children's caring about. What is the food, mama? He only served the heavenly bread on that table. And think about how God prepared this table. He prepared his food. Which as I said, Jesus Christ, He is that table. He is that bread that are coming from the heavenly realm. And God has prepared that table since He was a little baby. He let Him born in a manger. And He prepared that at the table. Even as His parents has to take this vessel, take this to Jesus, and it'll go down to Egypt and run away from Herod. And he prepared his table. He prepared his food. And I don't want to hear what it started again through a certain age. He led this vessel. He led his table and go into the wilderness. He let him go through the trial. 
And let him go through the hunger. And let him go through the fasting. What is God doing? He prepared our table. The table must be prepared for who? For you and for me. He doesn't just invite you haphazardly to come somewhere just to just a spread, just a throw the plate around us and go to eat. No. He delicately, diligently prepared that table. And then he prepared that table and he went through the trial. They went through the difficulty. And those Pharisees, they tried to denounce him and make him an unpopular and said evil things about him. But God has prepared this table. And he's not bowed down to the religion of that age. He not surrendered himself to the popularity. And that he didn't pulling no pouches back when he was bringing the word to the people. What is doing? God is preparing that table. Because one day his children is going to eat from that table. And I bring that table to the garden of Gethsemane. And I went through hell and on earth at that time. And then I go into the Gethsemane that are sweating out of the blood and mixing with it and coming out of from an eyebrow from his forehead. What is God is doing? Preparing the table. Because that table gonna do one thing. You're gonna defeat it in any man. He prepared a table for us in the presence of his enemy. It's that table with defeated an enemy. It's that you defeated an enemy. You're behind a table. It's that table that would defeated an enemy. He prepared that vessel. I'm going to talk about you afterward. He prepared that table. And then it coming to another point. And he went through with all his trials. And it had come to the point, and they said, Lord, impossible. Take this cup from me. God is preparing that table for us. Right in the presence of his enemy. How many enemies he got? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Jews that should be his friend, but they're the one that are crying, crucified him, crucified him. But little did they know God is preparing that table for them. And then he was nailed on a cross. And even himself, then on the cross, and they said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you understand that? He said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabakdani. He's a Jew. He was a crying with the Aramaic or Jewish. He was just like a man. But little did he know there's a God in that. It's on the outside, it's just a regular table. But inside, there's a God living in there. Because it's that table. And he was defeated in the enemy. That's why God spent so much and to prepare that table. Because he know everything hinges on that table. Everything hinges on that atonement. 
This one will once for all with defeated an enemy. I Satan couldn't believe it. But remember said in the Zechariah said the businessman. He said, I can see that bead of death come up there buzzing around him. Satan said, I'll get him now. If he was a prophet, he would have done something down there when they split and when it spit his face. If he was a prophet, he couldn't do that. What he's doing now. I know I will get him. He said that the death has a stinger in it. But God had to made flesh. He could have sting a prophet and hold him. He could have sting a righteous man and hold him. He stung David and held him. But here is God and Satan don't know it. That flesh, it was so deceiving. Even cheated the death. That flesh, just so much like a flesh, that even devil couldn't believe there's a God in that table. He doesn't have the discernment, though he wants to believe, but that the flesh on the outside was so deceiving. That Satan, even being deceived, though he is the master of the deceiver. But there is a God's life live in that flesh. Because God is preparing a table. He invited Satan, come on over. Put your sting in. Put a sting of death on this flesh. Put the sting of death on this table. Because in that flesh, there is a life of God living in that flesh. And when devil look at that, let me just dramatize a little bit. He was looking that at the flesh and looking that at Jesus. He said, it cannot be. It cannot be God living in such a flesh. It cannot be God living in such a flesh. Sister Hannah, it cannot be God living in such a weak vessel. I saw him cry. I saw him begging. But still God's alive living in there. What God is doing is preparing a table. So that as the children can feasting on, then he is going to defeat an enemy with that table. And then when devil looked at him, and then when he heard Jesus was on the cross, and was crying and screaming, said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Satan pulled over a little imp. Is that called a little imp? He said, did you hear that? The little imp said, hear what? And it says a slap on his face. Wake up, man. Don't you hear him saying? I sent you to UBC to study psychology. Is this all you got? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I said, I still don't get it. Oh man, the education doesn't do you any good, man. He 
said, how can God said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? How can God become so weak that cannot even stand up? How can God be in such a depression and the crying and the wondering and asking for the help of the Lord but no help coming? He cannot be God. He said, my God, that's from his own mouth. He confessed that he is not God. But God is preparing that table. And then Satan said, I'm going to anchor the death that is in that body. I'm going to anchor the stinger that is in that body. And I want to anchor that death, the stinger that on Jesus' body. And he was so elated. They were called another aim. I said, did you see that? He hung his head down. Did you see that, Brother Sometime that we come to the point, we hang our head low. Lord, why is this? How come this thing has happened to me? And he was hanging on the cross. And gasping his last breath. And he hung his head low. And said. It is finished. Why? The devil has anchored. The stinger. Inside the flesh. And he died. The devil said. This time I made it. I thought. It's David. I thought it's in Daniel. I thought he has thought, but every one of them is not one. But this one is this Messiah. But I anchor my death that is in him, because even himself said it is finished. And devil was so happy. And then he tried to pull his stinger of death out of him. Said, I'm gonna continue on and do my rampage. Gonna sting all the rest of them. But when the devil started pull, started pull, he said, something happened. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Branham said, when death, may God, God, pull that stinger out of death, something happened to death when he met God. Oh, hallelujah. Something happened to death. He couldn't pull that stinger out because God had to pull that stinger out of Satan. <coughs> God has to prepare that table. When I know He prepared that table, the devil thinking this is just a man. That's why it anchored. It's a standard of death. But in that flesh, God pulled that standard of death out of Satan. He prepared a table before us. That no standard is going to sting God's children anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the one that beat of death. Could anchor a stingler in man like me or you. He could get by with it. But there was a body prepared. But when it anchored a stingler in Jehovah, the flesh of a God created not some sexual desire. When it anchored in that flesh, he lost his stingler. Why? If it's just the flesh, it won't pull the stingler out. But in that flesh, there's a fullness of Godhead bodily. Though on the outside it seems so weak, but in thy body, there is a God living in there. That's why God can invite in him and put your death stinger on this body. And I will hold that stinger so that you can sting no more. If he has a hold that stinger of death, that is the greatest enemy that a man can ever have. What stinger he cannot hold it at? Every stinger he can hold it, he can take it out of Satan. Is another brother Branham said, when the mamba start to rise up in the head, he said, hey, you've been giving them the power to bind everything and under him. Cause the sin, death, that is the greatest one. But he said, you can bind everyone that are under it. No matter what stinger that you have, but when he anchored that, and God pulled that stinger out of Satan. Let me ask you, who living you? We said, God's living in me. And let me put it, put it one more. It's not just God living in you, but it's the fullness of God living in the bride. He become the final voice in the final age under his messenger, under that voice. It's not just a God, but it's a fullness of God living in the bride. When he sting the prophet, he can anchor that and then take the standard out because they are a prophet. But he anchored his death stinger in Jesus. He can't pull that out. Why? Because there is a fullness of Godhead bodily living in him. And let me say this. is the same God now living in the bride of Jesus Christ. Though your flesh just as a normal flesh. But it's a fullness of God living inside of the bread. One spoon of an ocean. Just as the same as the whole ocean. The elements are still the same. It's that same God living in you. If that same God living in Jesus. Pull the death anchor. Pull the death center. That same God living in the bride. That will put any, every stinger of Satan. Can it pull out the stinger of depression? If that God is living in you, He can do it. Can that God is living inside of a body to pull the confusion stinger out of you? If that God is living in you, He can do that. Can that God pull that stinger of my children is lost? Can He pull that stinger out? He can pull that. Because there is a fullness of God living in the bride. 
that what you do, do it as Esther did. The Mordecai, which is the type of the prophet, has said to Esther, you need to go to see the king. And when you go to see the king, you have a pleading for our people. And Esther said, I haven't done that for weeks, months. And then the prophet started to compelling the Esther. Said, if you hold your peace all together at this time, we will get a deliverance from elsewhere. But who knows whether it will come to the kingdom of a God. It's for such a time as this. We are called for such a time as this. To pull every stinger out of Satan. If that greatest son of a man has pulled a death stinger out of a Satan, this bride can pull every confusion, every depression, every sickness, every lost children, every prodigal son, everything out of that stinger, out of that Satan. Then Esther said, fast three days and nights for me. I'm going to see the king. If I perish, I perish. The prophet's word, compelling word, start to taking me fat. In fact, on the bride. And that same prophet word has a telling you how who knows whether they'll come to the kingdom. It's a for time such as it is. This is the time for us to pull the standard out. What Esther did, she prepared a table. She prepared a banquet. She invited the king. And she also invited the Haman. And she said, come to this feast. There must be two figures there. It must be the king has to be there. Because this is the king will help her to uh, perform justice. Because she asked the king, said, I'm pleading for love. For life and my loved ones. That's the bride that's pleading. Lord, I'm pleading the life of Jesus Christ living in me. And I'm also pleading for my loved ones. And then she invited the Haman. And when she invited the Haman, and in that feast, she defeated the Haman. Save the life and save the loved ones. It's in this table. It's in this feast that the Lord has given to us. That we have defeated Satan. God has prepared it at the table for us. And we prepared ourselves as a sacrifice. So Lord, I put myself as a sacrifice. You do whatever that you feel to do. I give my life. I offer my life to you. That heathen life living inside of you. Well, that heathen life living inside of you. Just like an Esther. She invited it to Haman. You know, you can invite it to Satan to come too. Satan wouldn't think, he wouldn't think that you have a God living in you. How can 
Can you have a God living in you? I witness your mistakes. I witness your weakness. I have heard you. You might be can put a facade in front of everybody. But I heard you cry in your closet. I heard you cry. The Lord, why this happened to me? I have done all I could. Why none of my children sitting here? Lord, is there anything wrong? You hang your head low. Lord, is there anything that I've done wrong? Something must be, I've done terribly wrong for this thing to happen to me. You apply to your situation. Devil heard every grumbling. Devil heard every groaning. He heard everything that you have said that ain't your sacred place. He saw every mistake that you made it. But devil missed one thing. He didn't see that table. He missed that table on the cross. He missed that God that living inside of you. He missed that when you come to the church. You come into such a weakness. It's such a, such a fragile. It's something like you cannot even lift your head up. But when you walk in there, when the piano, the brother Ben starts to play, when the song leader starts to reason his voice, start leading the song, something inside of you starts to rising up. And the devil said, I'm going to put a depression stinger on you. You let him come. Said, come devil. You come with me to the church. I'm going to deal with you that in my pew. I'm going to pull that stinger out of you so that you can sting me no more. And then the young people, they're hanging their head low. When they hear the word that was a preaching, they say, Lord, forgive me. Devil didn't see that table. He didn't see that life. How can that life of living in you? You're only 12 years old, 13 years old. But you drag that devil come before the altar. Said the devil, no more. And you pull that stinger out of Satan. Camp after camp. You miss it in one camp. You miss another camp. You miss your opportunity. And the devil said, you miss it forever. But there's something surging and living in you. And it said, I'm going to this time. I don't know what's going to happen. But devil, if you want to follow me along, come with me. Come to my feast. Come to my table. Though there's a flesh, but in that flesh, there's a God had a body lay. There's a life of a God living in there. And in that life, he will hold that stinger and pull that out of him. Satan can believe there's a life of a God living in the bride. Because he's looking at the flesh, but he missed that table. Oh, death, where is that sting? Oh, grave, where is that victory? The sting of death is a sin, and the strength of a sin is a law. But thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. God has prepared a table before us. And we made ourselves as a sacrifice and put it on there. And God inside of you will pull every stinger of Satan. And all the inferiority. And all the unworthiness. And every stinger the devil has a sting, has stinged along you. All the complex that you have. The alcohol, the cigarettes, and then everything what God has done, He pulled all that stinger out of the Satan. He had anchored it in many prophets. He had anchored it in many righteous men. But that time when he anchored it in God, He pulled his stinger out. Death lost his stinger. The sting has been gone. Why? Death made God. And when it made God, it took the sting out of death. He has no power. He can bluff. He can buzzing around like a bee. But he lost his power to sting you anymore. He can only bluff it at you. He only bluff it at you. said, I'm going to hold your children. I'm going to hold your loved ones. I'm going to hold your wife. I'm going to hold your husband. Death has lost his sting there. And every sting nurse that Satan has, has lost it of the power. And that's a Christ. And God has prepared us a table. And in this hour, he used it a prophet and a prepared at a table for us. He asked it a prophet, said, stay in the Jeffersonville, stored up the food. Why? Because we're going to use it. We're going to have the table spread it before us in the presence of our enemies. Think about how many enemies are in the presence of that table that the Lord has spread it before us. All the denomination, all the people that are against it. And even until today, people rebu- uh, say evil things that about the world. We have so many enemies. But thank God. God has prepared at a table before us, right in the presence of our enemy. And death has lost its sting. Let me wrap it up over here. That's at a table that the Lord has prepared in this hour that we're feasting on. We're not feeding on anywhere, any other table, but on this table. But remember, said in the anointing of ones at an end time. He said, and it isn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. It's not just a messenger. It's not just a prophet. It's not just a man that's speaking to us. He said, oh no. It was a manifestation of the son of man. What message do we have? It's not a prophet's message. It's not a man's message. But it's the son of a man's message. What do we have? We not only have a prophet, but we have the son of a man. And it wasn't the angel. His message, it was a mystery that God unfolded. It's not a man. It's not a man. It's God. The angel was not the son of a man. He was the messenger 
from the Son of a Man. The Son of a Man is Christ. He is the one that you are feeding on. We're not feeding on a man's doctrine. We're not feeding on a message as if to say we're feeding on the Son of a Man. The same Jesus, that's what we're feeding on. In the Last Supper, Jesus said, I'm not going to eat this with, with you anymore until I eat it in heavenly. And in this time, the Son of a Man, when that time the Son of Man was uh, nailed it on the cross, and he was resurrected. But when this Son of a Man come, it will be the rapture in time. This is the Last Supper that what we're having, we're feasting on the Son of a Man in this last appearance of this age. As we're feasting on that, and there's a group of people, they will go to the body change, they will go to the rapture without seeing death. Feast on this table. This table will give you the body change. This table will give you the transformation. Well, I wish the Lord would give me some strength for her. You're not feeding only man. A man, his word will fail. If you're feasting on man, the man's word will fail. No matter how great a man is, that man's word will fail. Brother Ed will fail. Brother Tom will fail. Brother Tim will fail. Brother Michael will fail. Brother Murphy for sure will fail. Because they are a man. If you're feeding on man, you will fall. But you're not feeding on a man. This is the sign of a man's message that we're feasting on. That's why when you're feeding on the son of a man, when you're feeding on this word, your sickness can be healed. That's why when you're feasting on this table, your children can be delivered. That's why when you're so weak, you come to a point you cannot even lift up your head. But when you're feasting on the table, your head to lift it up. Said nothing matter but just worship. You are feasting on the son of a man. God prepared a vessel. God prepared a table. And then the same today. God prepared a table. That called Adabisco. That called Tom Ray. That called Tim Dodd. That called Michael Ray. And if I say with the humbleness, God prepared this table. But if you're feasting on man, you won't get anything. But if you're feasting on this son of a man, you will get your deliverance. You're not feeding on a man. A man, his word will fail. But you are feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of a Man. We're looking for a rapture in faith that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we're living in. Isn't it why Christ speak? When we see a God that can reach the dead off the floor, 
or out of the yard and bring him back to life again and present him before us. When we see a God who can take a cancer, does he eat a man to a shadow and raise him up to a strong, healthy man? That ought to give a rapture and faith to the people. I will say this word has given to you. This rapture and faith has already given to you. We have a witness of that. It's not only years ago, even right now, as it's a moment, we receive the rapture and faith. We receive the rapture and grace. Thus, the rapture must happen on the bride of Jesus Christ. And I'm a member, and you are a member. Because you are feasting on the son of a man. What is the attraction on a mountain? But Abraham said, I know the lady sitting next to her. But she's so sincerely looking this way. I can't call her name. If I look at her a minute, I would know. But I know the woman by looks. But I don't know what's her trouble. Do you believe? God will let me know what your trouble is. He said, would it help you? Sugar diabetes. Who said this? Is a man said it? It's a son of a man said it. Because a man's word will fail. But to the body, unfailing body word of this son of a man that we are feasting on. That's why he can say it's a sugar diabetes. Is that a man saying it? But the son of a man saying that. If that woman were feasting on that son of a man's message, talking about it to her, and she will be healed. Because the man's word will fail. This son of a man's word won't fail. What are you feasting on? Is it happened to be the lady sitting next to you? Has God done the same thing? She's a stranger. The other ladies is praying for somebody, a crippled child. You believe with all your heart, God would have granting to you. What is it? This son of a man is speaking. If you feasting now, this son of a man speaking, and the sickness will go, the confusion will go. Somebody back in here, man sitting over there, trying to get rid of a smoking cigarette. Have you listened to it? Trying to get rid of smoking cigarettes. There are many smokers. But this one trying. There's many people that was smoking cigarettes. But only this one was a trying. Is that trying got a hold of the prophet's attention? Or I should say, is that trying got a hold of the attention of the son of a man? And he's trying to get rid of the cigarettes. Are you trying? Are you trying to get rid of the alcohol? Are you trying to get rid of the lust? Are you trying to get rid of your habit of watching movie? Are you trying? There are many people watching movie. There are many people that are drinking alcohol. There are many people that are using drugs. 
But there are someone is trying. You're trying will catch the attention of this son of a man. Then this son of a man will use a son of a man and pronounce it. Said, I saw you trying. I saw you try to get rid of that. Do you believe it? If you believe it, you can have it. Why? Because you are feeding on this son of a man. That son of a man inside of you, by you believing, will pull the sinner out. Will pull the cigarettes out. Will pull the drug out. Will pull every sinner that Satan's had. He said, you believe a God that would take them away from you? If you believe it, he said, all right, you believe, you can have it. I never seen a man in my life. This man is only trying, but he caught his God's attention. It's not how much you try, but it's how much you desire that. When you desire that, you're trying to say, Lord, take it over me. Lord, take this away from me. I don't want this. That will cut the attention of Jesus Christ. When you cut his attention, he coming down. It's not that of the prophet. When the three Hebrew children, when they were thrown into the furnace, the angel want to come. Wormwood said, the Lord, let me go. The Lord said, no, I can't let you go. And then the Michael said, the Lord, let me go. Just one commandment from you, I will deliver them. The Lord said, no, I can't let you go. Why? Because God himself will come down. Why? When you're standing for the word of a God, God can send an angel. Angel can put the heat out. Angel can quench the fire. Angel can kill the whole kingdom. Angel, one angel, enough to do all of that. But in that furnace, God said, I want to have a more fellowship with my people. Is it in that precious trial time? Lord said, I will be the first man that is walking in your furnace. I can send an angel to deliver you, but I'm not sending angel, Joe. I can send an angel to solve your problem, but I'm not sending angel. Lord said, I coming down. Because this is the time I will fellowship. This is the time I will walk with you. You're feeding on the son of a man. You believe a God that will take them away from you? All right, you believe you can have it. He said, here is a man. See that dark shadow hanging over this man right here? That's laying on the cot like or chair. He's dying. He's a shadow. He got a cancer. I don't know the man, never seen him. God knows all about you. That's true, sir. Do you believe a God could tell me something about you? Would it help you to receive your healing? You was a brother here by a fr- you was a brought here by a friend who knows all of this. It's not a son of man, but this son of a man. God knows that, but God dwell in the flesh, past that flesh, over that flesh. To know that God living in the flesh. He prepared a table for you. But you're not from here. You're from somewhere. There's a big body of water that people fish at. 
Yes, Albany, Kentucky. He said, you must believe it. And believe it's been done for you. It's not I will, but how do you will, Lord? But it's already done. He already healed you. He already delivered you. He already saved your children. He already saved your wife. He already saved your husband. He already saved your loved ones. Who is speaking? The son of a man. That's what you are feasting on. You must believe it. He said, you from Tennessee? Got a boy that's got asthma. This is all in one message. He said, not here, but you believe that he will be healed? Then take your handkerchief. In your hand here to him, he will be healed if you believe it. He didn't even say he will believe it. He said, if you believe it, put a handkerchief on him, that he will be healed. What are you feeding on? The son of a man. He said, I never see the woman in my life, but she's got a cancer. She will die if something isn't done for her. Do you believe he will heal your lady? You can, you can have your healing if you just believe. A table has prepared for this lady. And at a table has a prepared for you. And no enemy can stop you feasting it on. Because why? God prepared a table. Right before you. In the presence of all the enemy. Because he know when you're feasting on this table, every enemy will be defeated. They can come, try to sting, but that table will hold every anchor, will hold every stinger. There's a little lady sitting beside, behind her with a handkerchief up over her mouth. She's also got an ulcer stomach. Sick, you've been having passing out the spell, blinding, falling out. Somebody brought you here, you got a female trouble. If you will believe, you can go home and be well. Is that just for that lady? Or is it for every lady that's here? It's this son of a man that we're feasting on. It's a you young man. You're a stranger. Sitting right here in front of me. Looking at me. What are you? You're Puerto Rican or something. He said, I'm stranger to you. You know that you're not even from my country. But you believe that God can give you the desire of your heart. Young man, do you believe it? Whatever that is in your heart, who's speaking? This son of a man. That's what we're feasting on. But you believe that God can give you the desire of a heart? If I would tell you what your desire is, will you receive it? You are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I wonder how many people seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying... Listen, the prophet never gave him a lesson of two hours how to receive the Holy Ghost. The prophet never to tell them what is the Holy Ghost and what is it about. So come to the personal seminar. I will give you a private lesson about how to receive it. No, he just discerned a heart. You have a desire seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And watch what he said. He said, will you... Will you receive it? He said, you are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that is true. 
receive the Holy Ghost, my brother. What are you feasting on? The feast of a son of a man. That's what the table has prepared for you. Here is a color man sitting back there. Got a burden on his heart. It's for his wife. She's not here even. She's got a trouble with her feet. You believe that he will heal you? He will heal her? You do? He said, you're a stranger here. You're from across the sea. You're from Jamaica. Where are you from, Roy? Not too far. Do you believe God can tell me who you are? Mr. Brady. You believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I met this person. I met this person, Brady. His name is Thomas Brady. They called him a black eagle in Jamaica. I met him in North Carolina. And he shared exactly the same testimony. We are eyewitness of it. And we have a pastor has been with the prophet and nothing what he witnessed to is absolutely the truth. What are we feasting on? We're feasting on the son of a man. And it's a brother Brady. He said he's a, just before he come, his wife sent him a letter. He put a letter in his pocket. And in the letter said, if you find any preacher, ask them to pray for me. And he didn't even ask. But the son of a man saw that. And he called his name. And then the brother Brady said, he rises up. He received the healing. And the second day, his wife going to the post office to get a letter. All the swelling of the leg totally gone. We are feasting on the son of a man. If you can receive it, this is your Esther's feast. You can invite it and the devil come. Say, I have the heathen life that is living inside of me. Whatever stinger that you have, I'm going to pull that out. No matter it's a cancer, no matter it's a sickness, no matter it's your children, I'll pull that out. Invite them to come to the feast. He said, this lady sitting right back over here, this Anna, Mr. Right here, she's got a burden on her heart. How many moms had a burden on your heart? I'm telling you, you are feasting not on Murphy, you are feasting on the son of a man right at this moment. She's got a burden on her heart. She's praying for her daughter. She's up for an operation. You believe with all your heart for her? She won't need it if you will get her to believe it. It doesn't have to be the operation. It can be your wayward children. It can be an anything. You had a burden in your heart. But if you can believe it, you are feeding on the son of a man. We back in the nursery. Hello? This is for you. You said, what are you going to do in the nursery? Baby's crying. Here I'm after the feeding her, feeding the baby and everything. There's a son of a man for the person in that nursery. 
There's a son of a man behind that dark cloud, dark window. There's a son of a man in the foliage hill. Way back in the nursery, I see the spirit of the Lord. An angel, a light moving in that nursery. If the people in that nursery can get this, a light moving in the nursery. Think about it, there's a hundreds of a people in the sanctuary, but there's a poor mom that in that nursery, she need a help. They are feeding on the son of a man, and the son of a man know every need. He said, it's over a young woman, and she's got a spiritual problems. She's got a spiritual trouble. She's wondering at. She's wondering about. Oh, I thought, what a grace of God. It didn't say. It didn't even say. She got a spiritual problem. She got a spiritual trouble that she's believing she'll be okay. It didn't say she got a problem that she said, I'll be all right. No, she was wondering. She was a complex. She doesn't know what to do. But God, leave the sanctuary. Go to that young woman in that misery. Doesn't even have a face to grab it, but just wondering, confused completely. But the son of a man know that need. She was wondering about. She probably was wondering, why is this? She probably was wondering, why my daughter is not a believer? Why, Lord, you didn't save my children? Lord, why this job situation and never be, never be solved? Why have I been driven back and forth, the pillar to post, seeming like the Satan was treading on my neck? Why this a problem and never come to an end? She was just a wondering, but the son of a man know her wondering. And then it seems like I ought to know the woman. Somehow a young woman. She's also got a female disorder. Yes, her name is a Mr. Miss West from Alabama. Miss David West, I believe. God will grant it to you. Let a musician come. What are we feeding on? We're feeding on the son of a man. It's not just a man because a man's word will fail. But God has a prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemy. In another word, an animate, God doesn't even come in the picture. You just focus on the table that God has prepared it for you. Sacrifice and put yourself on that table. And then God inside of you will pull every stingers of a Satan out of him. There's no power, no weapon to overcome the pride of a Jesus Christ. But Abraham said in the falling apart of the world, he said, Christ is the King of a King, a Lord of a Lord. The anointed Messiah. The believer holds to the word. God and his word is one. I and my word are one. You and your word are one. Then don't lean. Use your own thoughts. Use this, his thought. 
then you are a part of a God because of His Word and you become the same. It's not just to become a one, it becomes the same. You can't discern this as a word or is this a man. Is this a man or is this a word? They're the self-same person. That word living in you is the same word that living inside of a Jesus Christ. You and Him become the same. He says, then you are in the kingdom, bride of Jesus Christ. You are the word that in this hour... Why? Because you are feeding on the son of a man. He has a prepared at the table. He has a prepared of a Christ. He has a prepared of the prophet. Think about the, the preparation that I went through. The prophet, when he was a little boy, his life was so hard. People called him a sissy. And he don't drink and he don't smoke. And the, the, the voice said, don't drink, don't smoke. Don't use anything to defile your body. Because in future, there's a work for you to do. God is preparing this vessel. And for who? For you and for me. Let us stand. Hallelujah. Oh, brothers. That's a feeding on the Son of a man that He gave it to us. When you have that, nothing in the world that it can distract you, can separate you from the love of a God. How we thank you to the Lord. Let's sing a song together. Let's sing a Psalm 34. Oh, this poor man cry.
that we serve. What a sign of a man message, Brother Jeff, that we have been believed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Isn't he amazing? You know, every day in our lives, we just sing praise to him. And think about it, the word that what we have. Think about it, the table that is spread before us. No enemy, no weapon, whatever that the devil had, that it cannot overcome the bride of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let me just share the testimony with you. I was contemplating, should I say it or should I not? I think I'll say it. Maybe there's some people that are there listen, but let them listen whatever they want to listen. And I was just saw uh, a brother just in China who was arrested last time and he called me and shared it with me. He said, Brother Murphy, he said, you know, while we were in the prison, 
Sometime we feel the work is stopped. Isn't that a sometime we feel? It seems like the work of the Lord is to come to the hindrance. And it seems like there is nothing happened and we're going to the lower valley. But I want to come in out, I find out the work of the Lord had never stopped. Even in that silence, even in that time, it seems like in the dark hour, but the work of the Lord is just constantly in full speed. And I only find out when I come in, coming out. I almost feel like it when a pillar of a fire was there, but a man said, it's not me. He said, I was just near one night when he was there. And then this brother told me, he said that one day, he said, um, there was a person called me out from nowhere. And I just don't know, no, no name. He said, are you so-and-so brother? He said, yes. He said, you probably wonder why, how I got your name. He said, um, you have those MP3 player, but Jay probably know, but Alex, you probably know that MP3 player. He said, you know that MP3 player that uh, you have that, um, uh, you know, you sell that as an online. Uh, they put it in all the message of inset of that little player. So he said, um, uh, one day, that the MP3 player, the one who sell the MP3 player, is not Christian, not nothing, no, nothing. He was just selling the MP3 player supplier. And uh, one day I'm asking if he had any MP3 player that sell for his uh, uh, whatever songs, uh, listening or things. He said, yeah. And then he said, I said, uh, at the end, to that one to sell the MP3 player online, he said, oh, God bless you. And that man who sold the MP3 player said, uh, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah. He said, you know what? He said, I know a Christian. And his name is so and so. He ordered about a, a hundred or some MP3 player that are from me. And he even ordered, he ordered me to duplicate some of the SD card that stuck into an MP3 player. He said, if you need any spiritual material, they have a very good spiritual material. And he gave that uh, uh, hundreds of a message, SD card, put in that MP3 player, then he gave it to this young man. And as a young man listened to that, and he said, I never heard anything like this. And then he uh, get on there to find his phone number, call this as the brother, said, I want to believe this message. God has prepared a table. Even even they are silented. They silent that voice. Don't let them speak it out. But God said, if they will keep that silence, He said, I will let this stone start to screaming it out. And He's leading those people to the Lord. God has a spread at the table. You know, devil, just one thing after another. By next month, by the March 1st, China said, the government passed a law. Nobody allowed online to say anything related to religion. You cannot mention God. You cannot mention Christ. You cannot mention church. You cannot mention all this word because they had a big data. They can screen it out every word that is related to the religion. Every broadcast online has to be stopped. Every church has no online service anymore. You think the devil don't want to stop us? But how we thank the Lord. 
He said, I prepared a table before you in the presence of the enemy. And the brother, the brother said, he said, because of that, all the denomination, they cannot have a broadcast anymore. Everybody seeking for spiritual food. He said, all of a sudden, the letter like flooded in my phone said, I want a message. I want this. Give us this message. Give us that message. Give us all this message that Brother Ben preached. God know how to spread a table. Hallelujah. In the presence of our enemy. How we're thankful to the Lord. This is the son of a man's the ministry that you are feeding on. And the people in the world, and they're hungry. They don't have nowhere to go. But God used that. Even an enemy mean damage. But God turned that around. It's almost like a twist of Satan's arm. Said you have to follow what I ordained to do. And he will do that in your situation too. No matter what your situation is. May the Lord bless every one of you. That's the singer. Oh man. I wish I could sing like a brother Nathan and brother Michael. Let's sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. How's that? Okay, let's sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will let my people go. Don't worry. I won't be, I won't be Pharaoh. <laughs> let's sing, bless, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's sing all together. Give a praise to the Lord. Oh, how we thank you. Oh, bless. Bless the Lord.
bow our head. Oh, Jesus, our soul worship you, Lord. Oh, my soul, Lord, we worship you. What a marvelous God you are. Lord, we have a bypass of the flesh. And we saw the Son of a Man that has spoken to us. Lord, you have a use as a prophet. Lord, how mighty it is a prophet it is. What a vessel that you have been using. But Lord, if we only stopped there and all we saw is a man. But Lord, how thankful we are. You reveal the Son of a Man through that ministry to us. Thus, we're not feeding on the man's word because the man's word will fail. But we're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of a Man. That give us a strength. That give us a power. That give us authority that can overcome every scheme of a Satan. Oh Lord, I commended our beloved people to your hands. What a precious, precious brothers and sisters. Lord, I, I consider it humbly. Let it call them my friends. Let it call them my brothers, my sisters. Lord, what a mighty work. What a great work you have done in each life. Someone through the valley. Lord, we saw that uh, while we were walking through the, the, uh, the shadow of the death of the valley. But Lord, we'll fear no evil. Because the Lord, you are with us, Lord. Your rod, your stuff, it is all comforting us. Oh God, you have to prepare that a table. This is Son of a Man's ministry that in front of us, right in the presence of all the surrendering, all the giving in, that are giving up, a compromise. But Lord, you give us the power to go on, to forward that final goal, the greater time of a rapture, the great time of the body change. Lord, we commit ourselves to your hand. Be with your people. Lord, save the savable. Lord, bring the, the, the prodigals home. Let the wayward the daughter and the son and come back to the fold of safety. God, reveal yourself to them. Lord, what emptiness that in the world. Oh God, I pray, let them lost the taste of the world. Let them lost the smell of the stinky world that has been around us. Lord, in may we become a sacrifice and dedicate ourselves completely to you because you're the one that is worthy to live for. You are the one that we give out our whole heart to. We give you all the glory. Be with your people, Lord, as we go home and uh, pondering at your word and pondering at uh, what you have done in our life. Lord, just bring us a, a little closer to you until the one day all these meetings on this earth will become just a fun memory. Lord, we can see the squeeze and the pressure is getting tighter and tighter. What it happens over the land on the outer part of the ocean, Lord, someday it will happen over here. But Lord, there is no fear because you said that before the, the first, first bomb ever dropped, Lord, your bride it will be taken away. Lord, we ask you that you help each one focus ourselves or refocus ourselves. And Lord, let our life be worthy for the gospel and the living before you. In the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. And just shake hands with each other. Say the best thing that you can say until we meet again. If the Lord willing, on a Wednesday. And so we're going to enjoy the word again. If not here. 
and on the other side for sure. And we're going to meet you there, children. God bless you all.